All right, I'm just going to share with you uh, tonight just uh, four stories that all enter. It's four separate stories, but they all intertwined. And so uh, it all has to do with Walmart. <laughs> and so um, and so I'm going to read these scriptures first and then we'll uh, we'll um, kind of explain what I mean. So I'm going to share these scriptures um, and then I'm going to uh, have my wife share uh, about what happened when she went to Walmart and then the next day when we, I went back. It's just a lot of things that were surrounding that. It's, a, it's amazing. It's for the purpose of, of teaching you about what we're going over into about seeking heavenly things. When you seek heavenly things, they seek you back. When you seek it, they start showing up and they will create scenarios to show you how real they are. And so uh, Colossians 3, 1 through 3 from the Amplified Version. It says... Seems like a deja vu right up here. That's how many know that's weird. If then you have been raised with Christ to a new life, thus sharing his resurrection from the dead, aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, and set your minds and keep them set on what is above, the higher things, not on the things that are on the earth. For as far as the world is concerned, you have died, and your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. So, you know, we've been going over the scripture. I'm going to just pound this scripture in here for who knows how many eons. You will know it frontwards and backwards. You know, but it says that when you give your life to Christ, the moment you give your life to Christ, the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Well, a lot of us have not been taught that those new things now exist in heaven. Your real life is your eternal life. And you are supposed to seek what is in heaven and how it is running and, and, and what is up there so that you can govern yourself because what you do down here as after you become a Christian, accepting the Lord gets you into heaven. How you carry yourself determines how you live in heaven. And so you're supposed to seek the Lord so that we can find out that. But unfortunately, that has been a terrible job has, has been done of that. Proverbs 25, 2. It says, it's God's privilege to conceal things and the king's privilege to discover them. So God is an individual. He considered it's his privilege to conceal things, not from you, but for you. And it is your privilege. How many kings and queens do I have in here? It's the king's privilege to discover them. So, and you, how many know if God hides something, you will never find it. You know, but he allows himself to be found. He allows you to find things because you seek, because they watch everything. Seeking, you shall find. Knocking will be open. Asking, it will be given. First Chronicles 16, 11, the Amplified Version again, it says, Seek the Lord and his strength. Yearn for and seek his face and to be in his presence continually. Anything that you yearn for, it's on your mind all day. You daydream about it. You go to bed thinking about it. You get up thinking about it. You're looking for it on the Internet. You're trying to figure out a way you can get it, like that new pair of shoes, ladies. Okay. Man, I'm quiet today, boy. Maybe, maybe, maybe I didn't turn over. Nobody shops anymore, huh? Never mind. Maybe I'm still stuck in the spirit. That's probably what it is. <laughs> okay. So seek the Lord in his strength. Yearn for it and seek his face and to be in his presence continually. Okay. And then Hebrews 13, 1 through 2. Ah, don't put that up yet. 
So, so, so based on those three scriptures, it's obvious, and those are just a couple, it's obvious that the scripture commands us when we give our lives to Christ, uh, live our life to Christ, for us to seek heavenly things. That seems strange. I told you I was talking to a pastor the other day, other week, and uh, we were talking about the labels that God has placed upon us that the body of Christ is not walking in. And we're talking about kings and priests, and we're lords, and we are more than conquerors. More than conquerors, the Holy Ghost told me the day before yesterday, that's a heavenly term. That's why you can't understand it. You always hear me say, what is, what is a more than a conqueror? You know what I'm saying? A conqueror beat everything. What is more than a conqueror? That's a heavenly term. That's why y'all can't get it. And so, uh, um, and then when he said ambassador, I was like, yes, an ambassador. And when he said ambassador, the Holy Spirit said, what type of ambassador have you ever met that had never been to the country he's representing? And that was, when the Lord asks you a question, y'all, it's not because he's looking for an answer. It's because he's trying to make you, it's almost, you know how you ask somebody a question, you know, and it's really you being facetious to show them how crazy they are? Yeah, well, God does that. He'll ask you a question, you know, and it's not because he, you know, need an answer from you, you know, but it's, it's, it's him trying to get you to understand. <clears throat> I'm asking you this question to show you that, that what the plight of the body of Christ, where all people know now is going to church, you know, um, that's all they know. Go to church. And, you know, and it's funny because I won't tell you why the Holy Spirit told me this. I'll say it for I won't tell you why. It's unnecessary for me to tell you why, you know, but I was sitting there and the Holy Spirit told me for a particular reason. He said there. Are, he said, I'm going to rephrase this. Let me get this right. God will say something to you. You got to rephrase it to keep people safe. I'll put it this way. God is very displeased. There are some Christians, they'll go to Beyonce concert and stand there for three hours straight, hollering and screaming. But then they think to worship God in the atmosphere like this for a half an hour is too long. And Beyonce ain't going to do nothing for you except save her tail feather. <laughs> sell you some tickets. And bring her husband out a rat. <laughs> ain't going to give you a dime. God been keeping you from stuff you can't even remember. And, and I understand that all of us, almost all of us, come from church culture, not kingdom culture. Okay, kingdom culture, okay, you know, in the scripture, man, in the scripture in the Old Testament, this one scenario, it says that the people stood for the entire day. It says the men, the women, and the children. And it says for the entire day, for the half of the day, all they did was stand there and listen to scripture reading. We can't even read the Bible for 15 minutes without turning on Looney Tunes. It says for the first half of the day, just stood there in the hot sun and listened to scripture reading. And then it's for the second half of the day, it said they just worship God. Okay, so unfortunately, religious culture teaches us to go to church to get our religious experience in to make sure that our hell insurance is up to date. Um, and that's what, it, you know, but how many know we changing that? Okay. So, you know, so uh, we're going to share a couple of stories for you. We've got a few minutes. Um, and uh, I think it's going to be a blessing to you. And um, so I'm going to let you look at this scripture. It's my last scripture, and then I'll share the stories, and then let you get up out of here. Hebrews 13, 1 through 2, amplified version. Let love for your fellow believers continue and be a fixed practice with you, and never let it fail. Everybody say amen. amen. Let me read that again, because I mean, you know, we need to hear that all day. Let love for your fellow believers continue and be a fixed practice with you 
and never let it fail, practicing it. Verse 2, do not forget or neglect or refuse to extend hospitality to strangers in the brotherhood, being friendly, cordial, and gracious, sharing the comforts of your home and doing your part generously. For through it, some have entertained angels without knowing it. Okay. So I'm going to read that one more time very slowly. And I do have one more scripture that we'll read in a moment. It says, do not forget in verse two, do not forget or neglect or refuse to extend hospitality to strangers and the brotherhood being friendly. Number one, be, this is talking about strangers, be friendly towards strangers, be cordial. Little things like opening up the door instead of just walking in the building. Let them have the parking spot. <laughs> friendly. <laughs> cordial and gracious. If you let the person have the parking spot, that's you being gracious. Okay. You let them step in front of you in the line at the grocery store, that's you being gracious. For through it, some have, I'm sorry, gracious, sharing the comforts of your own home and doing your part generously. For through it, some have entertained angels without knowing it. And so uh, one of the things the Holy Spirit wanted me to share with you all tonight is um, about the fact that there are multitudes of angels that are blending in around us in society. They are on covert missions in planet Earth, which is why they blend in. Um, a lot of times when we, uh, you know, uh, we have all different type of military personnel in other countries and they go in and they blend in, but they're actually under covert operation to just kind of ascertain things. And I mean, we have some teams that are so strong, you can send a team of seven guys in and they can topple the government. And so, and so the, that scripture is written to everyone. That means everyone has experienced this and many a times you didn't know it. And so uh, it says, and then I, I put on a couple of points here. And so I'll read the first one again. There are multitudes of angels that are blending in around us. How many know that there are television shows like this? They have aliens blending in and stuff like that. And then something happens, you find out, oh, they're from Mars, okay? Uh, but multitudes of angels that are blending in around us in society. They are on covert missions in planet Earth, which is why they blend in. Second point, a large number of them convert over to human form, and a large amount of them stay invisible, and many of them have appeared, appeared in their true form. When they appear in their true form, you go into a coma. That's not an exaggeration. When you go into your, when they, if they appear to you in your true form, uh, how many of you know, every time an angel appeared to somebody in scripture in their true form, what was the first thing they said every time? Fear not. Why would they say something like that? Because you were afraid of these dudes. These, these you know, uh, you know, these, you know, at the little gospel stores and little Christian stores and little, and it had a little baby angels there with the little wings and, and, little, and the tall angels with the little wings and looking kind of feminine. You don't know if these things are male or female. No, there is no accurate, that is not a, even close to an accurate description of the angels in the Bible. These dudes were monsters. You know, one appeared to Daniel in Daniel chapter 10, and his description is more scary than Optimus Prime from the Transformers. You know, I mean, Daniel said, um, literally, that's literally what it means. 
Um, he said that uh, when he saw the angel, he said he instantly fell into a coma. And he said when he saw it, he just instantly fell flat down on his face. And, uh, and then another man had to resurrect him by touching him. He said, be strong. He said then he was on his knees in fear and trembling. Okay. So, so, uh, so one of the things that heaven wants you to know tonight is that uh, some stay invisible. Some will appear in that crazy form. I can wait till I get to heaven on that one. And then some appear as human beings. They can transform into human beings, even children. Um, but in all three forms, they will speak. Okay? <clears throat> and so they'll speak to you in all three forms. So if they speak to you in the true form, you're going to be very afraid to put you in a coma. If they speak to you in human form, then you'll actually think you're talking to a human being, but it's an angel. But they also speak to you in their invisible form. You will hear their voice, but you will not see a man. Okay, and I'll show you that from Scripture, and then I'll share the stories. Acts chapter 8, verse 26. Hmm, that's interesting. Because one of the functions of angels is to work alongside and partner with the Holy Spirit for your advancement and protection. Acts 8, 26 through 40. This is Philip the evangelist. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, didn't say he appeared to him, said an angel of the Lord said to him, he was already walking, go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he's walking. He heard a voice, which was an angel, telling him to go a particular direction. Any of you ever been driving someplace and you just had this strong urge to take the long route or take a different route and seem like something told you to go this way? You know, I mean, that's amazing how that operates. And so the angel told him that in verse 26 and verse 27. So he started out and he went on this journey and he met the treasure of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the candidate, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship and now he was returning, seated in his carriage. He was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Watch this in verse 29. But the Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. So the first instruction came by an angel, but the second instruction came by the Holy Ghost. Y'all see that? So I was always taught that angels don't speak to you. That's a lie, because that's unscriptural. See, you know what I'm saying? I don't care what no preacher says, y'all. I want to know what the Bible says. Because when I stand before the Lord, no preacher is going to be standing there. They're going to be on the same shame soul line as everybody else. At the back, crying, asking you to pray for them. If they make it. <laughs> hey. So the Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you are reading? Now, let me show you something right here, because one of the things that heaven is going to start teaching you is to learn how to follow cues. Notice that the angel did not tell him, go over in this direction, past Jerusalem, Gaza, and when you get there, you're going to run into an Ethiopian eunuch who's going to be reading the scriptures. He will not understand. You need to give him great revelation by the Holy Ghost on high. He did not say any of that, did he? Notice that when it was the Holy Ghost turn to say, say something, he didn't say go join the church chariot because he's a great man under this woman named Candace. That is her name, right? Doesn't matter what her name is. He said give her great revelation. None of that. He had to follow cues, and then when he got there, he found out what was going on. So he said, do you understand what you're reading? Because when he walked up, he just happened to walk up while the man was reading out loud. And the man replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. 
passage of scripture he had been reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from earth. This is Jesus. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was this prophet talking about himself or somebody else? So beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. And as they rode along, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? Verse 38, he ordered the carriage to stop and they went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. And the eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Meanwhile, Philip found himself further north at the town of Azotus. He preached the good news there and in every town along the way until he came to Caesarea. That's just one. That's just that's just one day in the life of Philip. That's about to be the same type of stuff that's about to happen to you. My wife and I have been translated before. When it says he caught Philip away, it means that he in one moment scooted him forward in the time. It wasn't like Star Wars, none of that, no. You're just there. I mean, you're here one moment and then you're instantly downtown Atlanta in the next and you're just sitting there like, how in the world did I get here? Nothing happens, you're just there, okay? And so, uh, so I wanted to see that because you know, the Holy Spirit, in order, in order for us to do what the scripture says, seek after the things of heaven, heaven is going to respond by telling us the truth, okay? So yes, angels do speak. Now, that's why the scripture says, if an angel comes to you preaching any other gospel than the one that you have heard, let him be accursed. Why would he say that if angels don't speak? See? So, so the, the, heaven is asking us to turn up our tuners and be more sensitive to what is around us. Come on. And so that we can be uh, sensitive to, because let me tell you something. When you start doing this, they start you on level one. And so my wife and I, she's going to share a story. These are all Walmart stories. And then I'm going to share a couple of stories about sensitivity, about how you never know who's around you. And this is about how the enemy will come against you to prevent you from being sensitive and how, how you can have wars going on right in front of your face and you don't even know it because you're worried about shopping, getting a discount, now seven. That's me. Okay. Got to go. Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I shop at Walmart probably like two or three times a week. We have a large family. I'm always shopping and, you know, it's all kinds of things. So I'm there often. And there is a gentleman who's at the door when I come in. And he always says, hey, you need a basket? And he's so sweet. I say, hey, Terry, yeah, you know I need a basket. If I bring the kids in, he's like, I know you need like two baskets today because I brought the kids in. So he's a really, really nice guy. And we're always very chatty when I go in to see him. We're very acquainted. We talk for a moment and then I go shop. This particular day was Saturday, and my husband dropped me off and took my son to run an errand so I could go ahead and get started shopping. They left and was going to come back. So I come in, we have our pleasantries, and I'm headed to the restroom. There are two men there, and I'm walking just minding my own business, kind of in my own world, and the one guy pushes the other guy out in front of me. So I jump and look at them like, what is wrong with these guys? So I feel agitated. I'm like, what's wrong with them? I'm headed to the restroom. I get to the restroom and there's a man standing there, you know, with the, uh, all the cleaning utensils and things, um, right between both the bathrooms. And so I didn't know if he was preparing to go into the restroom. And I said, well, is it okay if I just go in really quick? And so he just looks at me. Do you mind if I go in and use the restroom? And 
and he just you know waves at me like this really rude and he just walks off and I'm like oh my god what was that just you know just so crazy just how can we get just like yeah go ahead I mean he just so I'm feeling a little confused and I, and I know at this moment is for me to be distracted and not be sensitive so I go and use the restroom I come out there is a woman who is limping and I said hey do you need some assistance you know in the restroom I said do you need some assistance and she says oh no I'm just handicapped I said, well, do you need help? And she said, oh, no, I'm fine. So I wash my hands, I leave. As I go back, I see Terry again. So now I'm going to get my basket and go shop. Well, then he says, hey, you know, let me tell you something. I said, well, what is it, Terry? He said, hey, you know what you do with, you put the ring on this finger right here? I said, yes, yes. He said, next weekend, I'll be doing that. I said, really? And I was so excited. Congratulations, Terry. I'm so excited. That's so wonderful. And he's telling me about this woman. And they'll be going to the church. And he's telling me on Sunday, he's getting married. And they're going to go to Alabama. He's telling me his whole story, right? So I congratulate him. I give him a big hug. And I go and do my shopping. But as I'm shopping, I'm sensing the Lord wanting me to give him $20 and give him a card. I said, well, yeah, I could do that. I could do that on my next trip. I've got so many dollars to shop with I could do on my next trip. And so I'm shopping, but it's, I'm feeling it stronger, like do it today because you may not see him again. So I don't know if it's just a matter of being several weeks before I'll see him again. But the Lord obviously wanted me to do it right then. So I just said, okay, well, I just shopped, got the cash back. You know, when you shop and you cash out. And so I went, my husband and son are now in the store. They go out to the car. And I said, hey, Terry, I want to just, you know, say I may not see you for a little while, but congratulations. I want to just, you know, give him a big hug. And so when I hugged him, I put the money in his hand. And he said, oh, no, you didn't have to do that. And he's just... His eyes gloss over and they get, you know, swelled up with tears, but he didn't cry. And I said, yeah, Terry, I just wanted to say I'm so excited for you and what a great blessing it is. May God bless your marriage and, you know, God bless you and have a nice day. And so when I left, I got in the car. I'm like, Lord, this is just amazing to me because I've been having so many encounters with him of just being sensitive. I mean, just one after the other. But at the same token, being met with opposition from the dark side, I mean, just different things with my body and different things like that, knowing that I'm like, I am well, there's nothing wrong with me, but yet sensing things happening to not only distract me, but, for, but to stop me from moving forward with what God wants me to do, not for me necessarily, but for others. And so that was on Saturday, and so my husband has some things that happened to us on Sunday as well. All right, cool, thank you. Yep, so that, just teaching you to be sensitive because, you know, she gave a, a slightly nicer version. But, but when that happened, there was three things. It was putting her in a bad place. I mean, you know, you just, especially if you're a female and you're walking and then, you know, you see two guys and one guy pushes the other guy into you, it, it just immediately put her in a bad place. You know, that just, you know, you, you, that can mess your whole day up, you know what I'm saying? Especially if you, something has happened to you before. And so for her to then go to the bathroom and run into the guy, just doing like that to her and treating her rude. And, and so by the time it comes time for you to then be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, being a blessing to someone, guess what? You ain't trying to hear all that. Okay. So, uh, so, so that was the appetizer to my next day. So, so me now, now, now mind you, while, she, while we are at Walmart, the outreach team is on the street on Saturdays. And so... Uh, they end up going to the uh, apartment of this guy, and um, so they ministered to him. They prayed with him, and so the guy uh, then called me when we were on our way either to Walmart, from Walmart, or something. I think we were on our way there or something. Yeah. So, so the guy calls me, and and he's calling the church, thinking that he's calling the outreach team. 
So I answered the phone. I said, you know, I thought it was something else. So I said, this is Lionheart over speaking. And he said, hey, man, you know, this is such a such person. And and I just want to thank you guys for coming and and then praying with me, et cetera, et cetera. I said, oh, oh, yeah, that's probably our outreach team that came and ministered to you. And, 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 and so he just telling me all type of stuff. And and so uh, and I didn't tell him I was the pastor. So eventually he figured it out. Oh, you're the pastor. Oh, Lord, why did I say yes? I'm going to just start saying no. I'm one of his representatives. I'm, I'm the maintenance guy. Oh, man, that dude, he went, he told me everything about aliens to black people being extinct to, to Donald Trump to his, his, he got this personal philosophy based on the seven seals. And, and, and I'm looking at my wife like, oh, Jesus. So I just listened, 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 listened. And so he, he ended up just telling me all of his problems. He told me all of them from the, from the car that he got tricked out of and his title and he ain't got insurance and, and this. And, and he mentioned, you know, and, and, and so, you know, we don't have much food and, and you know, and uh, I need to go out here. I mean, it, it was a list, y'all. And that's how it is. So people off the street, they don't know. I mean, they, if they find out you're willing to listen, how many know they will empty their laundry list on your behind? Hey. And so I listened and everything. And so, and then I, so he mentioned about that they had six kids. And I said, oh, wow, my wife and I have six kids. Long story short, um, he said something. I said, well, you know, you, I can get you to church tomorrow. You know, um, um, he mentioned that he wanted to come to church. And, and I said, I don't think I can gather anybody that can pick up, you know, eight people. And so long story short, we realized that Uber usually has cars. This is going to be some drama. So I told him I'll check with him and we'll see. I forgot. My wife reminded me at the last moment. I called him. I said, I can pick you up. He said, you know what? I'll leave three, th three older kids home. So we set it up. Y'all with me? Okay. And, uh, and so um, I said, cool. So he said, I will be ready. Told him, don't wear no church suit. Oh, it's not that type of party. He said, I will be ready. I said, cool. So, so I go to bed. The next morning, I, uh, I wake up. I wake up to the Holy Spirit telling me, stop by Walmart and get him, get him a $200 gift card. And so, um, so I said, okay. You know, I mean, you can, you know. You just feel it, you know. And so, so when I woke up, it was the Holy Spirit. Stop and get him a $200 gift card. So I was like, okay, cool. What I'll do is I'll go pick him up. It's a Walmart right across the street from the church. I'll stop by there, get a $200 gift card. So on my way to picking him up, I hear a voice. Now, this was the angel. Okay, I could tell. It's, 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 a, it's like a whisper in your mind. And the whisper said, go to Walmart now, the one right off I-20. So I went. I mean, you got to be sensitive to this stuff, y'all. You can miss it at any moment, which I did. I went up in Walmart. Okay, I'm in a rush. Ran over there. Hey, man, where are the gift cards? He pointed all the way up to the other side of the store. Thank you for that. <laughs> got to go. He's in Walmart. Um, whew. So I go grab the, grab the gift card. I go to the counter and got Mr. Eyelashes sitting there with a bun on top of his head. It's always something, y'all. You can miss it at any given moment. And, and so, so when I walk up to the register, there's already a lady in front of me finishing up. And there's this white gentleman and his daughter standing there. So, I, so I'm looking at the guy with the eyelashes and the big bun and all that type of stuff. And I'm just like, help us today. 
And so I look up at the guy and his daughter and I look up and he looks at me and he smiles. And then he walks over behind me um, in the line. So when he walks over behind me, I say, oh, excuse me, did I, did I get in front of you or something? You know, you have somebody walking behind you like that. And he says, oh, no. He said, I just want to ask the guy a question. And so I'm thinking, well, how come you didn't ask him a question right there? So, so, so then I kind of turned over to the side so that he's to my left with his daughter and the, guy, the lady in my front. So, and I kept looking at the guy. And so you can see that this guy, he has like, it's a, he seems to be, he's a slender, slightly muscular guy, but it seemed like he had eczema and psoriasis. His skin was very dry. Um, and and his, his daughter remind me of, um, y'all know, remember Shirley Temple with the beautiful golden hair? She looked just like Shirley Temple. And, and her hair, it was, uh, it was reddish blonde and it was really curly, you know, and so the girl just looked so cute. And so I kept glancing over at him, but then I noticed as I glanced that they were very dirty. So I noticed that his clothes were dirty and I noticed that her face and her clothes were dirty. You know, this is eight o'clock in the morning. And so, so this is where my sensitivity kicked off. I was so focused on getting the other guy's car so I could get, run back in the car, get them on time and all that. I kept looking at the guy, and every time I looked at the guy, he would smile. And, and so his face did not represent everything else. You know, and so, and it crossed my mind a couple of times. It crossed my mind one time that, well, I wonder if they need help. You know, and, and, and then it kind of crossed my mind that, you know, you know, well, maybe I should see if they need a gift card. And so, but being in a rush, I was, I was not insensitive to them. I was being insensitive because I was in a rush. I think y'all understand what I'm saying? And so, so, um, for some, so when I got, when I paid for my stuff and the guy saw that I was paying for my stuff when I was done, he never asked the guy a question. He just walked off, got his cart. And so I'm just looking at it and I'm focused on how little cute the girl is and everything. And I don't know where my mind, I mean, you know, it's just two plus two does not equal four to you sometimes. You know what I'm saying? So it's not until I get in the car and I'm on the freeway and then it hits me. And the Holy Spirit's like, dude, you missed it big time. You know, and I'm getting all emotional in the car, getting upset. Because, because, you know, maybe that guy prayed a prayer that morning to eat. And when he saw my Lionheart Church t-shirt, or I don't think that was the case at all. I think that was an angel for certain reasons. His face, it was the, some angels, they just keep smiling. That's a giveaway sometime. His face did not match the rest of the situation. This gets better. So I'm upset. I'm emotional. You know what I mean by emotional? I ain't talking emotional. Oh, I ain't talking about that emotional. I'm just saying I'm teary-eyed. I got to be careful saying that type of emotion, you know. I'm teary-eyed, and so I'm feeling really low because I know I've missed it. How many of you miss it? God, how many glad this God is not mad because you missed it? So I missed it. So I'm driving around for real. I'm, I'm all upset and everything. So I go pick up the family. They're on time. They're ready. They, we get in the car, you know, and the kids are crying, and they're upset because the kids haven't eaten. And so the family, this is just a story about what happened this Sunday. Yeah, this Sunday, this past Sunday. So they haven't eaten. So I did not know that they, they had zero food in the refrigerator. You got two, you got six kids and a wife and no food. So the kids are upset and they homeschooled their kids. And they don't 
let the kids go anywhere. So the kids are upset, and I'm like, look, we got children's church, you and your wife need to be ministered to, husband and wife weren't trying to hear that. And they're like, nope, we never let our kids go to children's church because we homeschool them, and they're not good around other kids, boom, 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 and they're crying. So we get there, and my sister had made all of these sandwiches. She had all these sandwiches, carrots, chips, cookies. So I said, let's go to children's church, took them on the inside, and they got their chips, got their cookies, everything. And, um, and so as a result of it, the kids were so satisfied they were willing to stay on the children's church side. Okay. They were willing to stay on the children's church side. And so, um, um, I'm sorry, it seemed like I forgot something. So they came over to the service, okay. And then, now remember, I'm just show you, the Lord did something. It was a white gentleman and his daughter that I missed it with at Walmart. So remember that. So I'm going back and forth to Children's Church waiting for service to start, and I see a, um, uh, she could have been in her 40s or 50s, she looked very hard, had missing teeth, you know. But I saw a black lady and her son walking across the church parking lot. I thought she had a Bible in her arm. Now I could have just let her walk past the parking lot, but I said, hey. Y'all, how many know I'm not religious at all? I said, hey, you going to church or you looking for one? She said, neither. I'm going to get something to eat at Walmart. <laughs> I thought it was a Bible. It was, it was a book. And I said, you going shopping or you going because you're hungry? She said, I'm hungry. I'm going to get something to eat. She said, but this is a church? I said, yeah. She said, I need, I need a church. And so I said, I said, well, I'll tell you what. I said, if we got, we got food over here. I said, if we feed you, you willing to come to church? She said, absolutely. And so she came in, took over to Children's Church, and, and, and it, we were laughing with her. You know, she grabbed one bag of potato chips. You know you want to. Go ahead and quit acting crazy. You know, so she's laughing, joking. The son is just taking this all in because he's a teenager. He's looking at everything. So she came in. We got, I, we got her these great big old plates. Then I brought her on the other side where the service had started with worship and praise. And I said, look, you enjoy yourself. Y'all go ahead. Praise and worship has already started. Y'all sit here at the back table. And I said, y'all enjoy the praise and worship. Y'all eat. And then someone will take you to your seats. And so, so the praise and worship is starting. It's getting loud. She back there chomping on the food, having a field day. And I had to adjust the air when I came into the restroom. I happened to walk past her on the cell phone. And this is what I heard. Child, we hit the jackpot. Yeah, I'm going to be a little bit late today because this preacher... You know, they over here feeding us, girl, we're in the church, praise and worship. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be late today. So they finished her and the son, ate the food. I mean, I'm just showing you what, how, I'm just showing you how you can touch people if you get out of this whole squeaky clean where, you know what I'm saying? You got to be sensitive. You can't be professional. You got to express love. So, um, so all of these people sat in the service. The couple we picked up, because my wife and I picked them up. We picked them up, um, and then this girl crossed the parking lot, and we had some more people, at Albert and them, a uh, gentleman and another guy they had ministered to on the street. They were all at the service. So we have the altar call, and the service is over with. We have the altar call, and all of them go to the back. All of them. And so it wasn't until the black lady got up with her son, and as she's walking towards the back, I'm looking at her, and the Holy Ghost said, that was your second chance for what you messed up at Walmart. I broke right there. Okay. And so 
And so, but it's interesting, the Lord's sense of humor. It was a white man and his daughter, okay? The redeeming was a black woman and her son. And so, and so after that whole experience, you know, and then she came out after Albert and then ministered to her and uh, she came up and, and I told my wife, I don't, when I gave her a hug and I don't know, you ever, you ever given someone a hug and you can feel like a love exchange between, you know, you feel something imparted, you know, and it's, it's love. You can, you can tell when you, somebody really loves you or they pull love out of you. So there was something that went back and forth between her. And I, it, was, it was a strong bond of love, but I don't know if it was me going to her or her coming to me. But she did say, she said, I ain't never been to a church like this. She said, I ain't never been treated like this. She said, they always look at me funny because we dress and we don't smell the greatest. And, and she says, and so cause, cause all of them joined the church. <laughs> all of them joined the church, okay? So, so, so this was kind of what I meant by with where we're going in the future where we're getting out of this whole religious language. In our church services in the future, you'll see us doing the church service outside with tents and, and food. It's going to be like more of a festival. You know what I'm saying? So the worship service will go on, but we'll have workers on the outside. Because that was absolutely amazing to see how something as simple as food, you can preach to broke people, you can preach to poor people all you want to. If they're hungry, that's going in one ear and out the other. Okay, and so it was amazing how we were able to, and then my, you know, in the back, you know, the guy and his family, they were eating and everything on the children's church side, and he said, you know, we got to get up out of here, you know, because, you know, he said, I only got a few dollars to get something to eat, and so he said, I'm just throwing it out there if we can get out of here, not hang around after church so that we can stop, get something to eat, and so then when my wife gave them the $200 gift card to Walmart, I wasn't there. She said, but it took everything that they had to hold themselves together. You know, you, you ever get blessed with somebody, you try to fake it until you get out the car and then you just bust out crying and hollering and screaming. And, and, um, and, so, uh, and so we know that it was overwhelming for him. You know, to, I mean, you gotta, because the, the wife, you could tell she was just trying to maintain, he's more of an extrovert, you can see she was the introvert. You could tell she was she was letting her guard down, but she she was it was more of a is this a dream? Because, you know, you have an outreach team knocks on your door, pray with you. The pastor calls you and then picks you up the next day. Your baby's being fed for the first time. Your babies wanted to stay in children's church. So they went to the side by themselves. They got a two hundred dollar gift card and they both joined the church. So she's taking all of this in. OK, and so and so, you know, the Lord just wanted me to share those. Now, that was just that was just one weekend, y'all. And so, but, so after I thought about all of this, the Holy Spirit began to just speak to me about, about, about that's the lower level of engaging with heaven is when you have to be sensitive to your surroundings because sometime it's an angel and sometime it is um, a human being. The reason why I said I believe the first man and his daughter were could have been angels is because, you know, I've been teaching about this reward system. And, and one of the biggest reward comes by helping people that are less fortunate when you can. You know, I had to back off of that for a minute because, you know, it's really sad. You know, we don't, we don't broadcast what we do for the poor on purpose because for, for about six years, we were helping 100% of the people that came to us. Then words start getting out. And I'm like, no, this ain't no cash cow for me to just be giving people, you know, one dude just got rude. 
They just got rude. I mean, some people, you give them $10, psh. And so, uh, so I had to kind of pull back so that we can redo some things. Because in the future, we're trying to set, honestly, we're trying to set the ministry up in such a way where the whole ministry is run on 50%. And um, Bishop Oudipo, my pastor, where I'm going in December, his whole network is run on 30%. 30, 70% is reserves. And most churches, they'll spend 110% of what comes in. That's just, we know that because of our legal organization. And so, so I mean, and it was sad, y'all, because we've helped people who came from mega churches. okay? You came pretty much, pretty much with the African-Americans, you pretty much came, can't name a major African-American-led um, mega church in Atlanta that we have not helped, the only church wouldn't help them. These people have been there 15, 20 years. Why are we shelling off $1,500 to help you with your rent? You know, and we were able to do that because, you know, we follow a blueprint and the amount of reserves, I mean, the, the amount of money that comes into a church this small, um, even the banker, he was just like, dude, this is crazy. And I said, and then, you know, I just had to do it. I was in the flesh. I don't even do offerings in the service. It was prideful. It was so prideful. <laughs> uh, he, he put the pen down. He, I mean, he put his head back on the chair. He said, you're going to have to explain this. So I just explained to him about, you know, how a lot of pastors, they have right heart, but they're not following God's blueprint. Told a lady that today, another pastor today. You know, I said, if, if, if Donald Trump calls you and asks you to build a building, you know, that's his blueprint, not yours. And so if you build anything differently than the blueprint, he's not going to keep giving you money, right? So how many know it's the Lord's church, not mine? So if you build it based on what he told you to do, then the money will keep coming. But if you build your church, then the money is pulled back. And then that's why so many churches have two and three offerings. Because you got to raise the money. If you follow God, you can take it out. And when we took it out, the money tripled. <laughs> but the preachers got mad at me one time. He's like, this dude, he got people sending him money from around the world. What am I supposed to do, apologize about that? There ain't nothing on the website. Won't you give, please, won't you help us? You know, when dire straits, no, it's nothing like that. Okay, so I'm just, I'm just letting you know where we're going and why the church is so ineffective right now. Because we would rather have shiny buildings and big fancy pulpits and programs that mean absolutely nothing and conferences that's just another raggedy Sunday morning church service. And when you see what Jesus did, he said give, he didn't say give conservatively to the poor. He said give generously to the poor, okay? And so he didn't say interview the poor, he said, give. How many know, when you got a light bill due, you ain't trying to fill out no paperwork. Amen. Amen. I mean, I mean just, so, so, you know, so we had to pull back on that because, you know, word was getting out. I had people calling me from other states. My favorite one is they become a, but my favorite ones, <laughs> my wife is laughing. It was getting ridiculous. So we just said, okay, no, we got to stop. We had to build some reserves up before we can start helping people on this level make some adjustments because word was getting out, okay? And so, I mean, this is my favorite one. People from other states, they would go and they would become an online member today. And then tomorrow I get a phone call, um, I need $2,000. I'll be in agreement with you, brother. I don't even know who you are. And now I get it from other countries. Almost every week, I get it from other countries. Won't you help us? Okay, so I know that we're going to be a very, very wealthy ministry um, but we're going to be wealthy because the Lord is looking what you do with the finances. 
And so, so it is a need. You know, the churches need to be able to do things um, um, and not base it on government programs. Now, if the government is going to give me free money, that's wonderful. Y'all know what I'm saying? But the church was supposed to be in such opulence that we could do stuff that the government could not do. But they're not. Because the, the money is caught up in, y'all know. So, I just wanted to share that with you, that little small lesson in regards to, as we go in this direction, um, one of the first things that heaven does is they start creating scenarios around you and the scenarios show you that they're walking right amongst you and that they're doing scenarios. It's not a coincidence that I went to that. I mean, see, when I heard that voice that told me go to the Walmart now, it was over that white gentleman and his daughter. I just so happened to be going from the children's church, coming out the building, going over to the sanctuary. It just so happened that it was coming across the parking lot at that moment, you know. And then my sister had made all those sandwiches and all of that food. And so, so I'm encouraging you that uh, I, will not, uh, I think this will be my last statement and then we'll get up out of here. Something that Rick, the Lord told Rick Joyner than he, when he was in heaven. He said, you have missed more opportunities than you can count because of your lack of sensitivity. And, and it's something about the dark side that they can see. Now, that's probably what it is. They can see when the angels are orchestrating something for you. They can see it. I mean, this, you know, this, the science behind this, these a angels have to get involved. In order for me to come across that man at Walmart, in order for me to come across his path at that exact moment, y'all do realize that households have to be manipulated. Cars have to be slowed down and stoplights have to be messed with to make sure that I show up at the same moment at that register as when he shows up. All the way down to maybe even somebody being rude to me and I have to talk to them for a moment and it takes me longer to get to that spot. There's a huge amount of science and engineering and manipulation that comes from heaven in order for you to cross paths with people at the right moment. Okay? And so they want us to understand this so that we can have faith and understand that when God has something for you, this is what he does. He has the ability. If he can make you cross paths with strangers, surely he can make you cross paths with your, with your business and your manifestation and your promotion. Surely he can make you cross paths with an answer. You know what I'm saying? Surely he can make you cross paths with the right individual that you need, you know, when it comes to financial things and promotion and ministry and all of those things. Okay. So in order for us to understand what Jesus meant when he said, I will never leave you and forsake you, these scenarios will begin to happen as the norm every single day. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I'll never forget. I do want to share this story. It's very quick. When I went to South Korea, I'm, I'm sharing this for the purpose of get your mind out of it. Just obey. I went to South Korea and, um, and you know, all of the dignitaries and all of the ministers, we were done with the service and they were sending us down this hallway. And we were walking down this hallway and we were walking along with the congregation members in Korea. And this older Korean woman, when she walked past me, apparently I had a piece of trash or lint on my suit. So when she walked past me, I felt her hand do like this and, and drop that on the floor. When she did that, the Holy Spirit said, give her this amount of money right now. I heard him say it in an audible voice. Give it to her now. Guess what? Mighty Oathly Turnbow Pastor illustrious, get to analyze, stupid, get to analyzing. Well, I don't want that woman to think that I'm 
seeing her as some charity case because she took a piece of lint off my expensive suit. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't do it. It wasn't until later on the Holy Spirit said, fool, you forgot about the exchange rate. <sighs> Let me say something, y'all. When you start chasing after heaven like this, you're going to have to get used to this all day. <sighs> because it takes a long time for you to come up to heaven's level with this stuff. Because you, 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 we, we, we analyze everything. You know what I'm saying? How are they going to feel? Like my, my wife said she had to struggle with, well, I don't want to just give them 20. I want to give them more. You know what I'm saying? But I've seen people get emotional over less money than more. Give somebody $5 and in particular, I'll just walk up and they get teary eyed. For some people, it's just the fact that somebody thought about them and cared. Okay. So one of the things that I'm going to encourage you to do is to on purpose start setting small amounts of cash aside in the envelope. And when it gets to maybe $100, carry it with you. Put it in your purse or your wallet and look for opportunities. Be led. Okay, be led. And so, um, um, because Jesus did this on purpose. Even when it came to Judas crucifying him and going to get Jesus in trouble, Jesus said, what you're going to do, do it quickly. And, um, and the disciples had no clue. This says the disciples thought Judas was going to give to the poor again. Jesus was always giving to the poor, which makes you wonder where was his money coming from if he was broke, taking care of 12 men for three years. So scripture says a large, it's in Luke, I think it's Luke chapter six or nine. If anybody remembers it, shout it out. It says a large number, it's in verse one. It says a large number of people followed Jesus wherever he went. And it brought out that two of those out of the large group were wealthy. And it says wherever Jesus went, they were constantly giving him their substance. These were, so Jesus had a traveling ministry, but he had rich folk financing it. Okay, so, but you know, they don't want to hear that. They want him to be in a little tattered robe, eating cheese and toast on the edge of the, to justify why they're broke. I don't serve a broke God. God is broke and the devil is rich. That don't even make no sense. I should be slapped just for letting that sentence come out of my mouth. Okay. So, you know, in your prayer time, you know, you see, you're, you're building up rewards. You're building up rewards. Because, see, the scripture says it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. I told my wife, yeah, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive because every time you give, you're setting up your eternal rewards. Every time you give, every time you do these things, you know. And so, but remember, no, I have to tell this every once in a while. The person that gives is the one who determines the amount, not the person receiving. Yeah, I mean, some people crazy. They got people holding on to reparations. Would you please let that go? There's some people that still like it's coming. No, it's not. Reparations is not coming to black people. And this wealth transfer is not coming to Christians. It takes that foolishness in charismatic circles that one day God is going to just hit this great big old green button and all of the money in the bank accounts are going to be given to Christians. You must be crazy. Okay, so y'all good? I hope so. I got some stuff for y'all. Got a word to everybody that's in business is coming in about a week or so. I mean, it's, okay, how many plan on being wealthy to be a blessing? you know, to the people that are around you. Okay, the more you give, the more you refresh others, the more you will 
refreshed. What's dangerous about what this church will do with the poor is the scripture says, he that gives to the poor lends to the Lord and God will repay him. Because trust me, it's coming very soon. When I say real soon, it's coming very soon. Once we get a few things together, okay, it's coming very soon where we're going to shift over into this thing of nobody that's a member of this church will be walking. I ain't talking about going to no dump, getting them no 500 car that's been rusting for 20 years and sitting on a kickstand. You know what I'm saying? All the tires bald. No, you have no air conditioning. Okay. Can you imagine what the Lord is going to do for us when we start giving cars away? Can you imagine the harvest on that that has to come? So pray for me. I don't know how we're going to do that because everybody want to be a part of Lionheart Church now. They giving out cars over there. Yeah, it's going to be a few stipulations. <laughs> Let's go ahead and stand. But it's crazy, y'all. Everybody knew that Jesus was giving away gold and money, all that type of stuff. Even though everybody knew, it didn't stop him from giving. Sometimes you just got to tell people, I'm sorry, sir, we can't do this today. Had one crew to stop by here and want us to give us money to feed their dogs. Sad part is I did it. <laughs> Put them up in a hotel, got them some, never mind. Okay, so we are in for some amazing things. And so this whole issue over seeking heaven and how they do things, they will begin to interact with you. And yes, we'll get visions and we'll get dreams and angelic appearances and supernatural occurrences and all of those things. You know, but you gotta be sensitive because the Bible says, that they are angels amongst us. And it says to all of us, be careful how you treat strangers, how you're cordial with them, how you greet them. It, and the sad part, that's a little scary. It said, even folk that you have let stay in your home was an angel when you didn't know it. That means folk that they blend in very well. And the Bible, I might teach on this a little bit for a few weeks to help you understand this because there is an interaction. In the Bible, they interacted with angels like it was just the norm. And what's very, very interesting, you always have to be sensitive when you are around food. In the scripture, angels always showed up when there was food around. I might be an angel because I, you know, I like food. But, 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 and they always ate what was set before them. They always eat. So that's how much they blend in is that you can be dealing with someone and you don't even know that this is an angel because he's eating a steak right in front of you. I've done that too. You know, people in front of restaurants and you can see that they're hungry. You need something to eat. Come on, get something to eat. And see, I gotta say this. A lot of the people that you're going to help don't need help. It was an angel in disguise pretending he needed help to see would you obey the word so you can stack up rewards. It's a reward system that has been created for us to work. So sometimes angels will do this to see if you will do it. There are a lot of scenarios that God is putting you in. Okay, some of you complain too much about persecution. But the Bible says when you're persecuted because of Christ, it said leap, run, shout for joy. It says because great is your reward in heaven. Okay, so the Bible says that, that if somebody in here was thirsty, and you go get them a cup of water. Remember what Jesus said? He said, you will not lose your reward. The reward system is that detailed where if somebody is thirsty and you say, I'll go get it for you, there's a reward to set aside in heaven for that. 
So that's a lot of engagement. We got a lot to learn, got a lot to catch up. So let's go ahead and lift our hands. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. We praise you, we bless and honor you, and thank you, Lord. Glory and honor be unto thee, O Father. We give you thanks and praise. Glory to God. Thank you, Father God, for your goodness and your grace and your mercy, your patience with us. We thank you, O Lord God, that as we begin to engage heaven, we know that we will leave much of the body of Christ behind, but we know that where you are going, where we are going and where you are taking us is for the purpose of getting to a destination. And when we get there, many will follow. Thank you, O Lord God, for this honor. Thank you for helping us to reverse the curse that is in the church. Thank you, O Lord God, for helping us to walk like Jesus walked and to be wealthy like he was and to be able to bless mankind like he did. We thank you, O Lord God, for all of the things that you will begin to do for us. We thank you that we will begin to live our lives passionately and not depressed. We will have something to look forward to every day because heaven will reveal itself to us on our jobs and our families and our finances and our health and our communities. Thank you, Lord God, and in our businesses. So we thank you, O Lord God, for doing these things. We praise you and honor you. Thank you, O Lord God, for all of the testimonies that will come forth as a result of these things. So we seek your face. We seek your power. We seek your presence forevermore. We desire, O Lord God, to know what is up there. You told us to seek after it. So we thank you that our true journey in Christianity is only begun. Many have already had experiences and we will be sharing those. And we thank you for giving us more, O Father. We thank you, Lord God, that we will live from a heavenly place and not an earthly place. Those that are new, I thank you that you will bring them up quickly. Thank you, O Lord God, for doing this. We bless and honor you for it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. I'll let you go with this statement. Let me define this and read this story. Something that the Holy Spirit keeps telling me about every day. I think he's trying to get me to see the simplicity of it. And most of you know the story about Jesus. He walked up a mountain with his disciples. And it says that Elijah and Moses came back from the other side and had a discussion with Jesus on top of the mountain concerning his destiny. And the disciples were allowed to be in on the conversation like they were at a restaurant someplace. And, and, and the only thing Jesus told them is, he said, don't tell anybody yet. He said, wait until I get up from the dead. And daily the Holy Spirit keeps bringing me to that example. And he brings me to that example. He said, that was supposed to be the normal interaction between heaven and your household. But you see it all in the Bible. But the reason we don't see it today is because I was telling somebody earlier today, it has blown my mind the number of people that are that joined this church that had these type of experiences but wouldn't share it because no preachers would believe them. Remember what Jesus said? He said, you fools won't go into the kingdom and the ones trying to go in behind you, you won't even let them go in. So, but we're going to change that. Amen? Amen, amen. All right, well, I'm going to go ahead and let you go. My wife and I are going to... Uh...